U.S. hockey team lost to Russia, or whatever they're called in these Olympics, four zip. And at the end of the game, the Russians got a power play. And they used their number one power play unit, their top power play. The U.S. coach is Tony Granato, the former Penguin assistant. Granato berated the Russians for rubbing it in by using their top power play, even though that power play did not score right then. And afterward, Granato and his team refused to shake hands with the Russians. First off, goal differential counts in the Olympics. There's no good reason to stop scoring. But mostly, Granato is way off base. He's being a big baby. This is a pretend tournament with pretend players. The Olympic men's hockey tournament is glorified men's league. That's what it is. The only thing it has is sportsmanship. The Olympic ideal. But because his team wasn't good enough, Tony Granato robbed it of even that. So, hey, Tony Granato, guess what? You just made the list. The list brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing. Cont on a name you can trust. Regarding Max Domi, he's been playing a lot of center for Arizona. In fact, he's currently listed on their depth chart as third-line center. I still see him as more of a wing. I don't want to bring in the upgraded center who might not really be a center. And he's not a classic third-line guy, is he? I'd rather have Grabner at wing than Domi at center. Domi's stats are worse than Shea's. Now, if you're trading for, for Domi, well, you're looking to get him for the long run, not just the short run. Uh, Domi's current contract uh, pays him just 832 k so he'd be wonderful in terms of the cap. And it does expire at season's end, but he'd be restricted, which means the Penguins would certainly keep him. But that also makes the return... Phoenix would demand all the higher. I don't know. My first choice is still Broussard at center from Ottawa, but they're not going to get him. My second choice would be Grabner at wing to just make the Penguins forecheck even more indomitable than it already is. I'm not saying don't get Domi. I like Domi as a player. But does he help right now? A guy who got four goals this year, nine goals last year, does he help right now? I want your thoughts. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Let's go to Ken in Bethel Park. Ken, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark, I uh, just wanted to see what were your thoughts on why the Pens were able to turn it around towards the end of the season? Do you think it was just getting that mentality of like, okay, now... I don't now think they've but... necessarily turned it around. I think early in the season they felt to fatigue more than they are now. I also think earlier in the season... The other team didn't feel fatigue the way they they do now. Uh, I think there's so much talent there that a turnaround, as you call it, was inevitable. Uh, I, I don't know if they're flicking the switch, the the term so often used, that, that a good team could just flip the switch when it's time to play for real and, in this case, get a playoff berth secured and prepare for the playoffs. I don't know. Maybe real good teams can. I've never been a big believer in that. 
But what's happened with the Penguins this year certainly leads you to believe that, yeah, it could happen. Thank you, Ken. Let's go to Mark in the car. Mark, you're on the Mark Madden Show. How's it going, Mark? Terrific, Mark. Hey, uh, I was just wondering what you thought about, I mean, the, the Penguins actually trading anybody right now because they're playing so well. Uh, if you're referring to chemistry, I think chemistry is overrated. Then again, when Ray Shiro made like a billion trades in 2013 at season's end, if the Penguins did have chemistry, those trades destroyed it. Uh, they did not play well even in winning the first two rounds against Ottawa and the Islanders and then got beat four straight in the playoffs by in, in the conference final by Boston. Uh, I don't know. I, I approach I would approach every every trade deadline in similar fashion. I think Jim Rutherford does. If you can make a trade to upgrade the team, you make the trade to upgrade the team. If you can't, you don't. Uh, the worst thing you can sometimes do is make a trade for the sake of making a trade. And Riley Shane's played well enough where I wouldn't be overjoyed to open the playoffs with him at third-line center. And there's a bit of a problem there if, if, if Gino or Sid gets hurt, but there always would be a problem if Gino or Sid gets hurt. So uh, I would go out there to look for trade, but I wouldn't feel obligated. Is that a fair way to put it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I do have another question for you. Are you talking like trade in Sheehan, or are you... No, I don't think they intend to trade Shane. I think if they made a trade that Shane uh, would still be a regular either at third-line center like he is now or at fourth-line center. I mean, Jonathan Bomboli put it perfectly when he uh, joined the program earlier. He said that uh, you trade for center. If he's better than Shane, he plays third line. If Shane's better than the new guy, the new guy plays fourth line. Simple as that. You want an upgrade. You want a better fourth-line center. Carter Ronnie's barely getting any ice time at even strength right now. Sid and Gino are double-shifting with the fourth line at even strength when the fourth line plays, which isn't very much. But I think they want Carter Ronnie in the lineup for his right-handed face-off option and for his penalty kill. Then again, if you get Grabner, that eliminates the need for Ronnie as a penalty killer. All he has left is his right-handed face-off ability, and I'm not sure that by itself can't keep him in the lineup. Let's go to Lou in Neville Island. Lou, you're on with Mark. Not counting in like who they get in trade. When Hornquist comes back, uh, what do you think the top three lines will be? And I think that you should leave Malkin, Rust, and Haglin even for the playoffs. Are you against that line? I'm not against that line, but I would go back to Haglin, Hornquist, and Malkin. I think Malkin has that much more room to, to, to dangle and create his own shot when Hornquist is out there occupying bodies in the blue paint. But uh, I would not be outraged by Russ staying with Malkin, no. Uh, then again, uh, Russ is going to cash in Malkin's work, the second chance stuff in front of the net, although he did uh, in the win just the other night against Toronto with that insurance goal. Uh, you know, that's the great thing about Hornquist, and for that matter, Rust. Uh, they can play anywhere up and down the lineup at right wing. In fact, Russ can even play a little bit of left wing, although that's not what I prefer for him. Uh, I would put Hornquist back with Malkin initially upon Horny's return, though. Then again, maybe you put Hornquist with Sid. But I can't play Hornquist and Aston Reese with Sid. It's two of the same kind of player. I mean, Sid wants more speed than those two have. He wants more speed than having either one of them on his line has, to be very honest. I gotta get Gensel back with Sid. That's one thing I gotta do. 
before the playoffs start. Let's go to Mike in New Brighton. Mike, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, how are you? Good. Hey, I'm thinking about Colin. If they could get Colin back, he knows the guys, he plays well with them. I don't think they're going to get Colin back, but go ahead. Okay. But I was just thinking also I agree with getting Gensler back with Sid, and I thought if they could get Grafter, they could throw him on the third line. You know, and get Gensel back up with Sid, and that could open up some more scoring on the, on the third line. How much more scoring do they need? Well, I mean, they don't need much more, but... They score a lot of goals. I mean, they're scoring yeah, a ton. They scored five last night. They scored five on Saturday. That That's enough goals. I don't know if I want to make every move from here on out be about trying to add offense. I think they got plenty of offense. I'm just watching video right now. I can't hear it. And thank God you can't either. A Fergie mangling the national anthem. Why would you bring someone in to sing the national anthem that obviously doesn't know the words to the national anthem? I think, you know, I know you uber patriots are going to get pissed off, and I don't want to return back to the debate about the NFL guys taking a knee or what happened in Chicago with with Villanueva double-crossing his teammates. The idea of playing the national anthem at every sporting event is way outdated and doesn't need to be done anymore. Just doesn't. That thing last night with Fergie at the NBA All-Star game, you know, that was incredibly disrespectful. And, and nobody's blaming her because she's a dope, but just disrespectful. That was more disrespectful than taking a knee. What Fergie did last night to the national anthem was more disrespectful than taking a knee, but nobody's blaming her because... Well, nobody's blaming her. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Super genius, big fan, big fan. Hashtag best in the world. You are the super genius. <laughs> I'll say. And then some. The X at 105.9. Here's some interesting news. The rock group Kiss has applied for a trademark. They want to trademark the phrase, the end of the road, as relates to touring rock acts. That would seem to indicate that a legitimate farewell tour for KISS is finally afoot. Although it's worth noting that they've done, by my kind, at least two farewell tours, including one they actually called a farewell tour back in 2000. Gene and Paul are like, what, late 60s now, not quite 70. But don't forget, uh, Gene goes on stage every night with 40 pounds of armor. I'm surprised he's still doing it at, uh, it says here he's 67. So it looks like uh, Kiss is going to join a lot of groups who are packing it in. Although you got to love Ozzy Osbourne. He did a tour years ago called No More Tours, kind of a pun on the song title No More Tears. And then, of course, he came back and did more tours. Now he's doing no more tours too. Another farewell tour, but he's made it clear he will still play selected big events even after the tour is over and the tour is going to last for three years. So I just going to cash out one final time. But these guys at some point, they're just doing it because they like it. Let's face it, Ozzy Osbourne, Gene Simmons, my buddy David Coverdale of Whitestake, they don't need a tour. They just like to do it. Where else can Ozzy Osbourne be Ozzy Osbourne unless it's on a stage? 412 
Uh, we spoke about the Penguins. I think Michael Grabner of the Rangers is the most likely guy for them to get, even though he's a wing. I think Broussard, the Ottawa Senator, Senate, uh, I try to combine Senators and Center every time I say those two words in proximity. Derek Broussard, the Ottawa Center, is going to cost too much. Maybe they'll get a better fourth-line center than Rowney, but again, I keep emphasizing, I think Rowney stays in the lineup at right wing, so you have his right-handed face-off option. Five for five last night on draws, 20 out of his last 25 taking draws on the penalty kill. So uh, what we really should be glad, though, is that the Penguins have not turned their season around. Their season was never close to lost. But now they're playing like they can, like they should. 14 wins in 21 outings since the beginning of the year. The Penguins right now, again, might be the best team in hockey. I want to go back to something I spoke about briefly in the show's first hour. Because tomorrow is the first day the Steelers can franchise Le'Veon Bell, the running back. I'm assuming that won't happen just yet. They don't have to do it tomorrow. And they say they're still working on a long-term contract, but I don't believe that deal's going to get done. I just don't believe the Steelers and Lev Bell will strike a deal on a long-term contract because they're going to offer what they did last year or less than they did last year. And I don't think Bell sees himself in a realistic light to know that he's getting what he's worth, perhaps even more than what he's worth, if he takes the offer the Steelers dangled last year. But again, I keep going back to Bell's yards per catch stats, second worst of his career. Yards per carry stats, second worst of his career. Only four runs of over 20 yards or more. Lev Bell had a good season with the raw numbers because he carried so many times and caught so many balls. And there's a lot to be said for being the workhorse. But I just don't give Lev Bell a long-term deal. I just don't. At 26, his wheels could already be falling off given his workload with the Steelers. And even dating back to the immense amount of carries he got during his collegiate career at Michigan State. So I would franchise Bell and be prepared to deal with all that drama that would accompany. Or I would just let Bell walk via free agency. Those are the only two options I would consider regarding Le'Veon Bell. Not long-term. Just not long-term. Olympic hockey tonight, the uh, elimination round. Winner goes to quarterfinals. U.S. against Slovakia for the second time in the tournament. U.S. went 1-1 with an overtime loss in round-robin play. The only team they beat was Slovakia, so at least it's not an impossible dream-type situation. 412-333-9939, 412-333-9939, the number to call. Let me go over some of those. Let's get back to the Penguins. Let me go over some of those stats again regarding Shane. Because we all want Shane to be Benino, right? Benino had 16 points in his first 54 games with Pittsburgh. And then he came out of nowhere and had that great playoff on the HBK line in 16. Shane is averaging .42 points per game since joining the Penguins. Benino last year with Pittsburgh averaged .46 points per game. That's not much of a difference. To me, the big debate regarding Shane and his ability to be the Penguins' third-line center is, can Kessel produce enough 5-on-5 
with Shane as his center. Because right now, he's not. In fact, Kessel only has one point period in his last six games, and that's with him playing primarily on Shane's wing. Then again, if you put Kessel back with Malkin, it helps Kessel, but I don't think Malkin shoots as much. And he's got 19 goals in 19 games, so you want Malkin shooting as much, if not more, than he has been lately. Malkin and Kessel play well together, except when they look too often for each other. So, boy, the Penguins doing great right now, and it seems like it's only heightened the debate over what they should do, who they should get in, who should play together. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Let's talk pens. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9 X. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Mark, John, love the show, man. Hey, Mark, how you doing, pal? All hail, double M. The X at 105.9. Double M on the X. Uh, this just in, there was an incident at, at the United Center in Chicago. Some basketball fans, uh, basketball fans, excuse me, some Blackhawks fans sitting right by the penalty box were taunting uh, Devontae Smith-Pelly, a black player who skates for Washington, and they were chanting, basketball, basketball, you know, because he's a black guy and should play basketball. At least that's what these absolute idiots think. They got ejected, and the Blackhawks have banned them from future games. They're chucked out of United Center for good, which is what I was suggesting uh, demanding earlier in the show. There's just no room for that kind of crap uh, anywhere. And for my mind, especially the hockey game, which is a sport mostly untouched by absurdities such as that. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. And everybody I was going to talk to just hung up. I had three calls. And now hung up. But that kind of show, I guess. 412-333-9939, the number to call. Have I alienated all the callers? Not the listeners, because I'm my ratings and my corresponding bonuses are bigger than ever, but maybe I've alienated all the callers. Uh, we can talk about the Olympics or not, because, again, I just don't get the appeal of the Olympics. I don't get the appeal of stuff like luge. When there's not a local luge league or a local luge track, there's not a national luge league that plays on television, I don't see what compels people to watch that when you never see it, and it's just a bunch of guys going downhill real fast in a sled. Or two guys lying on top of each other going downhill fast on a sled. That's right, I said two guys lying on top of each other, which is fine by me. It just looks really uncomfortable. You can't see their bulges, though. You know, if you're into that sort of thing, the luge costume, it shows you what you got, to be sure. And then there's stuff like the half pipe, which I'm still not sure what it is, except uh, Sean White won it again, but he's not allowed to enjoy it because he much once made a woman feel uncomfortable. If he did or didn't, I don't know. What he did or didn't, I don't know. But nobody is allowed to outrun their past ever. 
No one is forgiven ever. No one gets a second chance ever. Unless, of course, you do. And if you do, we know why. So there's no need to discuss it. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Let's go to, uh, I don't know what, Phil Bork's nephew. What's your name? I'm actually Phil Bork's neighbor, Mark. Oh, very exciting. That must be fun. It is. Um, hey, the reason I was calling, I want to talk about uh, Jari. Uh, do you feel confident with him being a backup if we, you know, when we get in the playoffs? In other words, would I feel confident with Tristan Jari starting a playoff game? Is that what you're asking? Yes. Yes. I wouldn't feel comfortable with him playing an entire series, but I'm not sure many teams in the National Hockey League would be uh, overjoyed by having their backup goalie play an entire series. Sometimes it has to happen, and we have to get used to the notion that the situation we had the last two years, when we had Matt Murray and Mark andre Fleury on the same team, will probably never be duplicated again. Not here, not anywhere else. That was just so unique that the Penguins had a Stanley Cup winning goalie on their team at a time when another Stanley Cup goalie really came into his own. I I also just wanted to say, like, it took three goaltenders to win the Cup last year, but, I mean, Murray... No, it took three two years ago. Last year it was just... Uh, last year I think it was just Mark and uh, and, and Murray, correct? No, it was uh, the third-string goaltender. His name just kind of... I thought that was in 16. I thought Zadkoff started the first game in 16. Uh, that was last year. Okay, it was last year. It was last year, but uh, uh, again, uh, it's not as good a situation as the Penguins had last year. But it's uh, it's good enough, which is to say, Tristan Jari is good enough. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine is the number to call. And of course, my. Uh, internet skills are abandoning me as I try to find out when. No, no, I was right. Zadkoff started the first two games of the 2016 playoffs. So I was right. Of course I was right. I'm always right. Let's go to Doug in Beaver County. Doug, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark, what's happening? What up? I just wanted to see what you thought about what would get your interest in the Olympics. Um, This Olympics has had a lot of... NHL uh, players uh, playing. And don't get me wrong, I don't blame the NHL for not sending the players, uh, but uh, that's what would make me interested. I'm not interested at all in the other sports, except peripherally women's hockey when the U.S. plays Canada, but only when the U.S. plays Canada. No figure skating, the wardrobe malfunctions? No. You see, here's the other thing too, bro. Do you take national pride in how the the athletes perform at the Olympics, the American athletes? I would say the hockey definitely gets my pride bubble in. See, I don't take any pride in it at all. I think it is manufactured patriotism, even worse, manufactured nationalism, and does not reflect at all, one little bit, upon America's superiority as a country. Not one little bit. Yeah, I agree with that. All, like all that. international competitions are, in team sports especially, all they are is a different way of picking teams. The flags pick the teams instead of money picking the teams. But it's still the same game. Let's go to Neil in Butler. Neil, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark. Um, Michael Grabner sounds very intriguing, but I want to have my cake and eat it too. 
I think this team does still need a fourth-line center that can consistently win face-offs, late in games, that can kill penalties. Okay, you've just described Carter Rowney. Yeah, but do you really think he can just only win face-off in late in games the way Matt Cullen did? He's won 20 of his last 25 draws shorthanded. He was 5-0 and yesterday. So one thing I'm not too worried about with Carter Rowney is his face-offs, and he takes them right-handed, which nobody else on the Penguins does. I'm not saying that means he should be the fourth-line center. I'm just saying by your criteria, they already have what you want. What about if you uh, got an upgrade uh, at center and and you would have depth there? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we've been talking about that for the best part of the entire season, and I'm pretty sure I've been for it. But what would you consider to be an upgrade, and what would you give to get that upgrade? You know, I, I, I looked at Ryan O'Reilly, but I saw how much money he makes. And yeah, they're not going to get Ryan O'Reilly. I know, I know that. I just said I know that's not going to happen. You know, I, I just, I just think that Rutherford will know better than I would. Uh, you know better than I would. Of course, I do. Um, now, would Latestu be an upgrade? Would Pajot be an upgrade? I mean, I'd, I'd give up a lot for Derek Broussard because he's an upgrade. I'm not sure who else is available that would be an upgrade. Grabner would be an upgrade because he would take the best four check in the NHL and make it even better. That's why I said I want to have my cake and eat it too. Is that okay? Well, I'm not eating cake right now, but I, I will take uh, some wings from Big Shot Bob's who are opening like three more locations. Big Shot Bob's is taking over the world, and I like it. Let's go to Joe in the car. Joe, you're on with Double M. How's it going, Mark? Great. Hey, coming on what that last caller was talking about, I was going to ask you if you really think they needed to make a trade to win the third Stanley Cup. No, I think they can win with what they have, but you're always looking to upgrade, aren't you? I don't know. They're looking pretty darn good now that they're – when Hornquist gets back and you get these guys healthy, I tell you, they look pretty good. They could use a better center, no question. If they got Grabner – I mean, you're always looking to improve your team at the trade deadline. You don't make a foolhardy deal, but you're always looking to improve your team. All right, thanks, Mark. Thank you. Let's go to Shane in Boston. Shane, you're on with Double M. Double M, what's going on? Hi. Uh, Just want your take on Connor Sherry lately. I think he's only had one goal in the past 15, 16 games. Uh, Any any idea what's going on there? Uh, Connor Sherry's a small guy who occasionally gets beaten down by the physical demands of the long NHL season. I think Connor's done pretty good this year. Uh, He has slumped lately. Let me get out his game log here if I could. Uh, He hasn't scored. He scored on January 20th, and the last time he scored before that was January 2nd. So he only has two goals in the new year, although he's had a run of assists. Well, three in three games, but none in the last two. So, I mean, he just is what he is. I mean, I'm not sure what point you're making about him. Yeah, just curious. I don't know. I I think when Connor Sheary doesn't get points, he doesn't help. And goals help more than assists, at least for a guy that plays with Sidney Crosby, which Sherry does. That's one thing I think needs to not happen is Sherry needs to not play with Sid. I've got to get Gensel back with Sid, and the sooner the better. Then again, that takes away from the balance you're trying to get, you know, with Shane, Gensel, and Kessel on the third line. Then again, getting Sid to produce and score a few more goals, 
I think is so important. And you should, not only that, you should look after Sid. Sid shouldn't always be the guy who plays with the least of the players. He just shouldn't always be the guy who plays with the least of the players. I know he has the ability to elevate like nobody else, but he's 30 years old. He might need a little help too moving forward. I got to get Gensel back with him, no question. Uh, A tweet from Matt. What's your thoughts on Dominic Simone? I get he's playing because of injury to Hornquist, but that experiment has run its course. Certainly the experiment with Simone on the top line has run its course, although he did jump up back there a bit uh, later in the game against Toronto. But I I think the guy will be back in Wilkes sooner, not later. I think Aston Reese came up and made uh, Dominic Simone superfluous to requirements. Let's go with Mark in the car. Mark. You're on you're on the Mark Madden show. Good day, Mr. Madden. Right. I said uh, you know, with all these moves being supposed to maybe a trade or two or not, when Hornquist and Kunak will come back in the lineup, does that mean Reeves will not be in the lineup later on in the season and into the playoffs? I, I think if the team would be entirely healthy and composed as it is right now. I think he's probably the fourth-line right wing. If a trade gets made for center, I think Ronnie might move to fourth-line right wing and knock Reeves out of the lineup. Okay. I mean, Reeves has done exactly what they thought he would do. You know how I know that? Because they keep saying, Reeves has done exactly what we thought he would do. They're very happy with Ryan Reeves. That doesn't mean his lineup spot is written in stone. Let's go to Sam and Irwin. Sam, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hi, Mark. How are you doing? Good. Uh, I was wondering uh, what your thoughts are about the uh, Derek, possible acquisition of Derek Broussard. I think um, they will want too much. Unless they don't get any offers and then they're willing to take just about anything at the deadline, I don't think the Penguins get Broussard. Then again, uh, Broussard has another year on his deal. So maybe at that point, if they don't get the right offer, the Senators just keep them. My, my other question was, do you think there would be any pot? I know it's unlikely, but would there be any way the Penguins get him without giving up Sprong? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if Ottawa wants Sprong. And finally, very quickly, let's go to our good friend, the Hebrew Hammer, calling from Sluggos, Hammer Yakshimash. Is Sluggos open on President's Day? Hello? Okay, some problems with the payphone at Sluggos, it would appear. So now it's time to ask Mark anything. That's always a lot of fun. Call me and ask me anything you like about anything you like and do it now. 412-333-WXDX, that number again, 412-333-WXDX.